Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and from coast to coast, we've got you covered right before Super Bowl Sunday. Linda, it has to be so exciting for you to be out there in New York City with all the events that are going on in preparation for the Super Bowl this Sunday. Well, it's very exciting because, you know, our event, uh, our big Super Bowl party at Toshiba is tomorrow night, and um, it is just you know, coming along beautifully. I'm I'm really, really excited about it. Um, you know, it was kind of slow because I think people were afraid to come out in the cold, uh, but um, it's really picked up in the last couple of days, so we're going to have a wonderful crowd. And um, today I found out that um, Inside Edition is going to be filming it in addition to uh, our local WPIX uh, here in New York City. And, um, wow, I mean, <laughs> and we're getting two New York Giants that are going to be there. Wow, that is so exciting. I mean, it's amazing what you can pull together, um, you know, in, in with the resources and the short time that you have to do things. But i got to ask you the million-dollar question, what are you going to wear? I have, you know what, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have to. Go, I'll go into my closet in the morning, and I will find something that's probably very unsuper bowly. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, one of the women that I work with, Trish, is is going to be wearing orange and well, is it orange and black? Because she's um, she's a Denver fan, and I guess I'm rooting for Denver too. But I don't have the I don't have orange, so I don't know. Oh, dear. What happened? We are off. Are you there? Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I was sitting here, and then all of a sudden everything went dark, and you got to love live radio. But i got to ask you, Linda, the million-dollar question before I got disconnected is, what are you going to wear to the Super Bowl party? Because you always look fabulous. Well, thank you very much, Sandra. And um, as I was talking to you, but really wasn't talking to you, I said, (laughs) I have no idea. I'm going to go into my closet in the morning. I'm going to, you know, drag on a couple of things and see what looks best, and uh, that's what I will end up wearing. I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a plan. <laughs> when I look on the TV, you know, and here I am in Los Angeles watching everything going on in New York, 
I see these, you know, people from Seattle and Denver dressing up for the Super Bowl, and they have their jerseys on, and some of them paint their faces with different team colors. I even saw a dog that was spray-painted, which was, you know, really a, just a whole lot of fun. Poor dog. Think, <laughs> poor dog. Lucy's white. She could bring some streaks into her hair. No. Um, um, you know, I don't know. I'm... You know, we don't have um, any New York team playing, uh, but we do have, you know, Peyton Manning coming, and I guess I have to be rooting for Denver because I like him. But um, you know, I, I, I don't way. have any, I don't have anything orange to wear, so I won't be wearing their team colors. Uh, you know, most people are coming from work, so it's not going to be one of those um, crazy, crazy things. But I know on the way into the building, uh, which is right in the middle uh, of this um, Super Bowl uh, Boulevard. There, I think they have these great big toboggan slides and live uh, live performers and a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's going to be crazy, and it starts tomorrow night, and it and it goes all f- and, until Sunday. Oh, and last night I had there was fireworks going on. I was uh, I was sitting in my bed watching television, and then all of a sudden from my from my window facing south, I saw this great big fireworks display going on just for me. I didn't even have to get out of bed. <laughs> oh, you know that is fantastic. One time I was in Sydney, Australia, for the Fourth of July in a condo, like twenty stories up, and they were doing these fireworks over the Sydney Harbor Bridge, and I was so happy. I was like. Where else on earth could I lay in a, you know, beautiful condo in a luxury bed looking out the window, watching fireworks on the 4th of July? It's really, it's such a magical thing. Um, but I'm, I'm right with you there. On, you know, I don't really have any affiliation towards Seattle other than they took Chuck Knox like 20 years ago. And, you know, Denver, I like Denver, you know, but I, I really am more interested in watching Peyton Manning. Um, but I'm really, the really thing that I dig uh, is the um, is the beauty, the standard of beauty for Super Bowls. You know, when people get all dressed up, and even the men, like, you know, they, they face paint, they body paint, they get all excited. And, you know, I think it's something that we do when we're young, and as we get older, less and less of us do that. Well, so I really want to talk about beauty and aging, and, you know, when you get dressed up for these things, does it take the fun out of it not to wear a jersey and get all painted up? Uh, I don't think that the people on Sunday are going to be um, bearing their bodies with, 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 with paint because it is going to be, well, it's lucky we're not going to have snow. It's not going to be these frigid, frigid cold <clears throat> temps that we've been having, but it's going to be in the 30s, and it's, you know, the sun is down by 6.30 when the game starts here. So I think they're going to be bundled up. They're more going to be more concerned about staying warm than maybe their faces, but certainly not their bodies. Yeah, well, I just, you know, I just, I'm always fascinated by beauty, you know, and it's so funny because, Linda, you're like the beauty gadget girl, you know, you always have, you know, what's going on with, you know, whatever beauty product is out, and we try new things and things. I'm like the, I don't know, the beauty anthropologist. I'm always fascinated, like, wherever I go in the world, what the standard of beauty is or what, you know, whether it's, you know, the tribes in Africa with those big discs they stick in their earlobes and their lips or it's downtown Los Angeles, and, you know, the girls dressed in, like, the hoochie mamas. You know, it's just, it's fun. Beauty is fun. Um, but you know what? As I age, I'm a lot less fun <laughs> with my own beauty. But there's one thing that I am absolutely dead certain on maintaining, which is my teeth. And, Linda, you're a teeth girl, so I want you to weigh in on that. 
No, I think that that's uh, very important. Keeping your teeth white and, and more than that, keeping them healthy, you know, brushing and flossing and all the other things that we have to do is very important because, you, you know, you can have um, a beautiful face and then, um, you know, you, you smile and you have brown teeth or teeth that are, you know, just don't look healthy, um, it, it kind of spoils the whole thing. You know, I've noticed, and you know, most of the, the, the women here now are taking pretty good care of their teeth, but, you know, you go to Europe, you know, London and, and Ireland and stuff, I mean, sometimes when they open up their mouth, they're all yellow from the, the coffee and from the whiskey and from the smoking, and it, it looks awful. It does look awful. And, you know, even my 10-year-old kid, Max, the other day was saying to my other son, Zachy, because Zachy lost three teeth in three weeks, and he looks like a homeless person, and, you know, <laughs> his other teeth are wiggling around, and, you know, he's thrilled because he can stick his mouth, his tongue out his mouth through his teeth, and, you know, all those wonderful things. But my son even looked at him, he goes, oh, my God, Zach, he's like, you look like you're raised in, in London. Because, you know, when we went to London, we were talking about the teeth. And, and, you know, you go to the higher end aspects of London and people have beautiful teeth. But by and large, there's not the same care or the same standard of beauty that we have here. Well, here our standard of beauty is so high that, I, you know, there's just so many things we have to do. I think people get lazy and, and they, they start to neglect you know, their teeth because they're more concerned about a wrinkle or, or a sag or something or, or weight or, or getting, you know, getting their tushes lifted. But, you know, the, the teeth are really, really important. It's your face. Eventually, I think people look at your face first. They look at your smile. You know, they look at the twinkle in your eye and then they look at your smile. And I think it's like really important that you maintain that, especially as you get older, because nobody wants their teeth in a jar. Oh, and I got to say something that, you know, for every woman out there that's like me who's 40-something single and takes good care of her teeth, when I go on a date, Linda, and the date looks up to me and smiles and I can tell he likes me and he's like, ooh, and I get all happy like that, and if he smiles and his teeth are brown or they're crooked or one guy <laughs> went out with was fabulous, he was so much fun. But every time he looked at me and he smiled, his he had chipped his front tooth. And it wasn't like a little nick. This was like an angle off of it. And I thought, I just kept looking at him going, like, just stop smiling. Just And he's looking at me with that, that you know, guy grin. It's like, ooh, look, you know, there's like dessert on my plate sitting across from me at dinner. And I'm thinking, I did my job. you got to fix that tooth, buddy, because I cannot even consider moving forward with you because I can't get over the truth. Well, you know, that's what you focus on. We were at a dinner party around Christmas time, and there was this wonderful lady there, and she's just, she's really very, you know, she's an older woman in her, I know, late 60s, I would imagine, but really a wonderful spirit, beautiful, you know, a beautiful face. And then she, when, when, I, when she spoke, she had this couple of chipped tooth teeth right in the front and it's sort of you know that's what you you, you focus on the the thing that that isn't right and it, you know it, it it that's just the way we are well and it's right there in front of you that's the thing it's like you can wear a skirt and hide a jelly roll you can wear some spanks and tuck in you know your tushy so it's it, you know or lift it where it needs to be but you know what you're sitting right across from dinner at somebody you're going to kiss that person in their mouth and when I look at hygiene I mean, I'm kind of a germ phobe as it is, you know, on a good day. But it's like if you have plaque and I can see it from across the table. Oh, God. 
You can see plaque. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's like they get that gummy cheesy stuff between yes. your teeth, and it's just—it's a turnoff. I'm sorry. If you can't keep your teeth clean, why would I think you keep your body clean? And if you're not doing that, you're not getting within, you know, 20 inches of me because who knows what's going to jump off your hair. So on, <laughs> you're on too that funny. Note, I'm going to take us to commercial break, and I'm going to thank my father, Robert G. Beck, for putting over $25,000 into my teeth as a little girl so I could have nice teeth. Um, for those of you that are listening today that hate us because we're talking about teeth, well, this is not the show for you. But if you want to tune back in after the break and learn about some anti-aging secrets from Jackie Silver that all have to do with our smile, and later on we're going to bring on world-renowned cosmetic dentist from New York City, Dr. Robert Soren, to, to cap off our everything you need to know about having a beautiful smile and looking younger while you do. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Join the Executive Business Seminar with author and trainer, Dr. Risa Wolf, Ph.D. Are you looking for practical business tips and techniques for dealing with difficult situations or lowering speaking anxiety? Then this show is where you need to be if you're a business owner, corporate executive, or anyone ambitious about their career growth. Dr. Risa Wolf draws from her extensive mentoring background for business leaders and executives and interviews leaders who have practical solutions. Join Dr. Risa Wolf every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your edition of the Executive Business Seminar right here on ABRN, the All Business Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we have caused a firestorm with our teeth comments. Linda, you should see what was coming in on the break. Well, uh, you got to tell people, me, what was it? Oh, well, I got a couple comments that I'm shallow, and I should have, you know, given this guy more of a chance. Uh, we've got another comment that he needs to get Lumineers, and there was one that just said, oh, you deserve to be single. But you know what? 
I might be willing to say things that most women are thinking. Because honestly, if you sat across from a guy like that and you're thinking of possibly sharing a life with him and he can't get something as simple as a toothpick, I think that's a big message. <laughs> okay. You're, you're right. You're very, very honest, and, and most of us would focus on that. I don't know if, if it was, it's a deal breaker, but, but you never know. Okay, would you kiss someone with a missing tooth? I, I, if it, I don't know. Yes, I, I guess I would if he had an, enough other good things going for him. But then, okay, you I'm know, just going to buzz in and say that big hesitation where you had to think about <laughs> it wasn't really all that I needed to know. Um, and I know I'm just teasing you, but, but, you know, teeth and smiles really do have a lot to do with, like, dating and jobs and satisfaction. And, you know, I'd like to bring... Uh, I'd like to bring on Jackie uh, Silver. She's she's the owner of a company called Aging Backwards, and I know she's going to have some things to weigh in on uh, with respect to to you know my personal views of teeth. <laughs> Jackie, are you with us? I certainly am. Thanks for having me. Well, all right. So, would you kiss a guy with a missing tooth? <laughs> I refuse to answer that question. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I think I have kissed somebody with a missing tooth, but okay. I'm still. But she really was too drunk to notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. I'm, listen. Okay, I'm going to buzz in with a caveat here. I'm going to buzz in with one. It's true. I actually did kiss a guy, you know, for many months with a missing tooth, but he was a Minnesota North Star, which dates me, which shows you what a Minnesota North Star is. But he was a professional hockey player. That is my own exception. He would keep click his teeth in because he said when he's done with his professional career, he's going to get regular teeth put in. But for now, he's going to stick with what it is. So I have to admit, I did kiss somebody with a missing tooth. Okay. Well, um... <laughs> The tooth was never missing from the front. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your opinion, you know, you're you're on a company called Aging Backwards. How important do you think a smile is? You know, how much does it matter, you know, when you're dating or when you're you're looking for a job? Do you have any stats to 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 to, to educate us? I do. I don't have the exact numbers stats, but I can tell you that not too long ago, I even wrote a, an article about this very topic that the American Academy of um, Cosmetic Dentistry did a study or they commissioned a study and they found out that actually women think it's more important to have a good smile than to lose weight or wear makeup or a number of other things. A good, beautiful, healthy smile is really one of the most, if not the most important beauty tip. And also it's the smile has to come from the inside, but it sure doesn't hurt when you got those big, perfectly straight, perfectly white teeth. No, that's, that's for sure. Because then you don't hesitate to smile, you know, and a lot of people, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. A lot of people have to learn how to smile because some people can smile on cue and it looks so natural. And other people, when they have to smile on cue, whether they're posing for a picture or they're on television, it looks like, oh my God, it gets so wide and it's, and it looks so phony that, huh, <laughs> they, they, they need to learn how to do it properly. 
Well, right. you know, they well, did an episode of the Big Bang Theory on that. When Sheldon would smile, they're like, okay, we're, we're going for a smile here, not the Joker. I mean, there's something to be said about that, Jackie. Don't you agree? Well, I do. But you know what? On the other hand, people should smile in their natural way because authenticity is really the most important thing. I can totally tell when someone is smiling that when it doesn't reach their eyes. You know what I'm saying? And so if you have a big, wide joker smile and that's your beautiful, authentic self, I hope you have great teeth to go with it. But yes, I think <laughs> you, should, you should smile your natural smile. I'm a tooth fanatic because you know what? I have perfectly straight teeth. I never wore braces and I have never had a cavity. I'm a total flosser, brusher. I would never go to sleep without flossing and brushing. That's just me. Yeah, but that's a but that's a very good habit to get into because um, as you get older, and I'm sure Dr. Soren will confirm once he gets on, is that so many other things can happen if you're if if there's mamba jamba going on in your mouth, it filters down into your body. It's all connected. Is that a scientific term? Yeah, mamba jamba. It is. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know the technical term, so mamba jamba works for me. Well, I'm going to say that I can age somebody, and this is, I'm going to say something really awful because that's, you know, what I'm good at, but when I go back to my hometown and I look at a lot of the girls and the guys that I grew up with, and, you know, for my 20th reunion, um, I would look at their teeth and go, oh, my God, your teeth look like 20 years older than mine, and I know that's really insulting and rude, but, like, tobacco and, you know, the diet sodas and the... um just the staining that goes with aging. You know, we eat all these blueberries because they're good for us, but they stain your teeth. I mean, you can see it on the denture commercials. And I had my teeth professionally whitened uh, a couple years ago by a laser, and then I did that laser thing, and then they gave me trays, and once a month I put some goop in it, and I, you know, tune them up and everything, and they stay nice and white along with my dental hygiene habits. But it's interesting that the teeth are what made so many of my friends look older. Because, you know, we're all in Buffalo near the Canadian border. There's not a lot of sun baking us. So, you know, you don't have that saddlebag look or the, you know, the, the leather earthy look that you have here in the Southwest. But the teeth, that's a big marker for me that shows people's age. Well, for sure. Yeah. I agree with that a million percent. I didn't know if it was my turn, but I'm taking it, Linda, because nope. I agree with that a million percent. You know what? So you could have someone who has a lot of wrinkles and has beautiful hair and beautiful teeth, and you might think, boy, she has a lot of wrinkles for a young person. Or you can have a young person that has really discolored bad teeth and, you know, limp or even beautiful hair, but you think they're older. Because older people, if they don't take good care of their teeth, they do start to change color. They can yellow, they can turn brown, coffee, red wine. You know, if, if they're not keeping up on their dental visits, they could have shifting of their teeth. They could develop gaps, you know. What else do you do besides your um, brushing and flossing? Is there certain products that you use to maintain the whiteness of, of your teeth, Jackie? Well, you know what? I, you, I love the whitening pens. That's like my favorite whitening thing because they can get like in between the teeth real well. But I've had lots of times I've had my teeth whitened at the dentist. And, you know, I always think that that's just a good idea because you're there anyway already. 
So what is that? Is that is that um is that just um um I don't know. What are you like a bleaching? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, at, at the dentist, you'll ask Doctor Soren, but they do all kinds of different kinds yes. of machines and 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 um you know bleach pens and all that different stuff. I just always think it's always best to ask your dentist first before you just go off and do those things. Get get your dentist's opinion on it and use what they tell you. I think that's good, solid advice. I mean, and I'm going to buzz in too. Like, I think whitening is important, but also straightening is important because what I noticed with people is that when their teeth are crooked or they're crossed or they're they're not like, especially men as they get older, it seems like their bottom teeth are all crammed into place and they look like like dominoes that are shoved together. And I don't see this as much for women. I've seen a lot for men, and I've seen a couple actors, really famous actors that. I've been at parties with, and they laugh, and then they put their head down, and I check out that bottom row of teeth, and it's all crammed in together. It's like when you cram your teeth back together, how do you clean between them? How do you get the gunk out of there? You know, there's so many things, and, you know, and I'm going to say another unpopular thing. When I meet a guy with, like, teeth that are all messed up, they, it sends a message to me that they're uneducated and broke. And I know that's a really awful thought to have, but I have it. And I want to ask you guys, has that ever crossed your mind when you see somebody with poor dental hygiene or poor teeth? Uh, Jack, that I'm throw that fatty Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know what? I really try not to judge people too much, but I do... I do think that if, if at the minimum, if people brush and floss, then, you know, I know they have good hygiene and I'm okay with that. You can tell a lot by a person, you know, because if they have bad breath, it could be not just something they ate, you know, it could be that they don't have good dental hygiene because bacteria grows in there. So, um, you know, it's so funny because I was always the one in my family that loved going to the dentist. All the other kids, there were five of us, they'd like go hide. And I'd be like, oh, yay, we're going to the dentist. I don't know what it is, but I've always been obsessed with having good teeth. Linda, what about you? What do you think when you meet somebody, especially a man, you know, an older man, and, and his teeth are not, you know, good? Well, you know, to be fair, as you get older, you know, the bone recedes in your jaw. So sometimes, you know, so your teeth do reposition. Now, if you're very vain, and I, and I think men aren't as vain as women, and they may not go to the measures that women will do to make their teeth straighter. You know, I, 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 I didn't wear braces when I was a kid, but I did have a retainer at night. And then when I left Wall Street, um, there was sort of some movement going on, and I did put on braces, and I think I had them on for about six months on the top or on the bottom. I think I can't remember. I think it was the bottom, and boy, that was like a nightmare. So I know since then they've, they've probably improved it with this, uh, I guess it's Invisalign uh, braces um, that maybe are a lot more comfortable, but, you know, I think more women do that than men. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to take us to commercial break. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert Soren. He is a cosmetic dentist in New York City, and he has lots of experience in working on some of the most beautiful and successful people in the world. So I'm really excited for us to ask him some questions and get his take on. And he has a really unique 
uh, philosophy with respect to health, comfort, and beauty with respect to the smile. So we're not going to want to miss this. You're going to want to come back from the break and learn secrets from the man who creates million-dollar smiles. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on TogiNet.com. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book Human Language Evolution and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated. And we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Oe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon central on TogiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet Oe Nandi. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 42. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with uh, Linda Franklin. And our topic today is teeth. Do they show our age? How do we use our teeth to increase our chances in dating and work and um, with respect to ourselves when we look in the mirror to like what we see. We're going to welcome today Dr. Robert Soren, and he is a Manhattan-based, which is in New York City, Manhattan-based cosmetic dentist, which he helps us become more beautiful. Now, he has a very interesting philosophy called health, comfort, and beauty, which I want you to hold on to that thought because we're going to get back to that later. But I'm going to open the questioning for Dr. Bob, which was the question, why are smiles so important? You know, you heard me, Linda, and Jackie Silver of Aging Backwards debating the merits of a man with a chipped tooth. But where did we get all this smiles are so important? And smiles are your business, so you're the man to ask. Well, thank you very much, Sandra. And hello, Linda. Sounds like that party tomorrow night is going to be awesome. 
It is. Um, I can't wait to see you. It's gonna. There's gonna be so much going on. <laughs> it's a real circus around that area. It's gonna be area. very exciting. And we'll be able to watch everybody smiling. But you That's know, right. you raise, <laughs> Sandra, you raise a really, really interesting question when you ask why smiles are so important, and you really start to enter the realm of what I call the psychology of beauty. So here are a couple of really interesting tidbits that more or less go along with what you have been discussing, but I may present them in a little different way. So first of all, we live in a world now where more of us than ever before want to look good. And more importantly, we want to feel good about how we look. And here's a really interesting statistic that just came across my desk just a couple of days ago. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, almost 11,000 of us baby boomers turn 60 every day. That's 450 wow. per hour. And many of us in the baby boomer generation want to look better than our parents did at a similar age. We also live in what I call the nanosecond society, where we make decisions about people based upon how they look. And Sandra, you alluded to that before when you were talking about guys who smile. And it's almost as if we make instantaneous judgments about who they are and what, we're, what they're all about. Now, you know, for better or worse. And if you recall the Susan Boyle phenomenon in Britain just a few years ago, perfect example. You know, people made decisions about what she was all about just by seeing her. But as soon as she opened her voice, it was a different ballgame. Not too long ago, there was an article in Oprah Magazine where the authors concluded that a woman's self-esteem was tied to the way they feel about how they look. Again, not too dissimilar from what you both were talking about before. And they found that a woman's dislike of one feature could sharply reduce her satisfaction with her overall appearance. And a couple other things you may want to consider. And, and again, you alluded to this before in terms of eyes and smile. The first thing that people look at when they meet and greet you for the first time are their eyes and their smile. So I think when you start to think about that and what we've just spoken about, you start to see the true importance of a smile. Because for many of us, it's a defining feature of who we are, and it's important in terms of the image that we present to others. Oh, I love that, Dr. Bob, because you make my craftness of saying I'm not going to date a guy with bad teeth because he looks uneducated and, and broken with bad hygiene. You just gave that such a wonderful, like, psychological background to it. So I'm not crazy looking at someone, and I try not to judge people, but I think we all do it. And it's like you say, it's done in a nanosecond. That's a real hard impulse to, to not, you know, to not um, act on. But my you know, question we... is... Go ahead. Well, we live in such a visual society now, I think we're almost taught, and it's almost second nature that we make evaluations based upon what we see almost before we use our other senses to evaluate what the situation is. I agree. I agree. I look at, like for me, you know, I'm, I'm growing up in the computer generation, you know, where I was put on a computer, you know, at kindergarten, and started doing visual assessments for whatever it was, whether it's clothes or shoes or hair, 
far beyond the magazines that we have. And you think of how many images we're saturated with every day and everything on the Internet. There's not people on the Internet without beautiful smiles in almost everything we see, whether it's professional sports, the lawyers on TV, the, the right. celebrities. Everybody has a beautiful smile when they're in the public eye. Or if they don't, like Katherine Heigl didn't, they get it fixed. And, you know, two movies later, they have perfect teeth. Right. Can I ask you, what ages, like, you're a professional smile doctor. You know, smiles are your business. So when you think of women and their teeth, you look at them every day, what are some of the signs that, that give you an indication of age? You know, are, are, are teeth like tree rings? Sure. Well, you know, one you, you have already mentioned, and that's teeth that are badly stained. So when you start to see a collection of, uh, you know, debris and, and discoloration between teeth, which happens as we age, uh, that's certainly something that we associate with teeth that are aging. Uh, also, as we, as we get older, our teeth tend to get darker, so they're not necessarily as white or as bright as they once were. Um, but there are two other things that I think need to be considered. All right, first... When we speak normally in conversation, usually we're able to see, I don't want to get too technical here, but usually we're seeing the tips or the edges of our teeth when we talk. Usually that's one to three millimeters of, of, of enamel tooth structure. But as we get older, two things happen. A, we lose elasticity in our lip, so our, lip, our upper lip droops a little bit more, so the edges aren't apparent, and B, in some instances, our teeth actually wear on the edges for a number of reasons that we may have an opportunity to talk about a little bit later. But as the edges wear and as the edges become uh, jagged and, and, and we're able to visualize the chips in the edges of the teeth, both of those things contribute to the, to the, to the aged appearance of the smile. Uh, wow. Dr. Buck, when a woman comes into the office, what is uh, these days? Let's say a woman in the age between fifty and sixty, or or fifty and older. Let's just put it that way. What is their main concern? What are they looking to accomplish? Um, is it the whiteness? Is it the straightness? Is it a whole a whole new look with veneers? What are they What are they looking for? Okay. Um. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, not everybody that walks into my practice says, I want a new smile. So I think the first thing that I have to discern is, what, you know, what's their major concern? So let's just talk about someone who wants to create something that looks a little bit better. Um, oftentimes, they're not specific about what, what it is they want to accomplish. All right? They'll just say, I think my teeth look worn or my teeth look a little bit older, and then it's my responsibility to be able to sit down with them and actually pinpoint more objectively what it is that they want to do. Some just want teeth that are whiter. Some say, my teeth are shorter than they used to be five or six or ten years ago. I think I want them to be a little bit longer. So one of the things that I need to be able to find out from them is, do they want to recreate a smile that they once had? Or do they want to create a smile that they've only imagined in their, you know, wildest dreams? So is so that like a, when, a, when a woman comes into a plastic surgeon, she says, hey, I want to look like Elizabeth Taylor, 
but that isn't going to happen. You know, you, likely that isn't going to happen. Is it the same thing with teeth? You know, I want that perfect smile, but the way your mouth is set up, um, this, is the, this is what you can expect rather than that's, give them that's false That's correct, false because look, right. each, smile, each smile is idiosyncratic for that specific person. And the smile, the way the smile appears to a viewer is determined by several things. A, how much tooth structure is visible. That's what we call the white part. How much pink, that's what we call the gum part, is shown. And how does the white and the pink relate to the rest of the face? So everybody comes in with a different set of circumstances. Not everybody has the same facial features or the same skin tone or the same tooth alignment or the same available space in which you can place the teeth that are visible. So while somebody may come in and say, listen, I want a smile that looks like Farrah Fawcett, you may not be able to recreate that for everybody. So you really have to sit down and find out as specifically as you can what their expectations are. Because the worst thing for me is to create a smile that I think is beautiful and then the patients say, not what I had in mind. Now, fortunately, I can say that that hasn't happened to me, but we try really hard to make sure that that doesn't happen. And we do that by having detailed conversations with patients about what it is that they want to be able to accomplish, what their concerns are at the present time with the existing smile, and what their expectations are for what it will all look like upon completion. Well, and Dr. Bob, you raised an interesting thing. You know, when you think about manipulating your smile or working with your smile, you know, I've got tons of girlfriends who had boob jobs, and it's really easy to stuff your bra and walk around, you know, with a double D or a double C, whatever it is you're looking for, to see how you look. Um, are there some some things in your industry that allow us to, to, to take a look at things before we make them permanent? Because teeth are really permanent. Well, uh, yes, actually there are some really, really interesting and fascinating and innovative ways to do that. Um, one of the things that we're using now is called Prenew Preview, and it gives patients an opportunity to actually see what the new smile will look like in their mouth. But a couple of other things that we do even before we get to that. First, um, you know what, Dr. Can... Bob, I'm going to need to take us to commercial break, so I'm going to tease the audience. Uh, right okay. now, uh, we're going to talk to you when we come back from the break about this pre-new preview, a way you can test drive your smile, which is pretty neat. I looked at your website, which is NYC, like as in New York City, DMD, and I forget what that stands for. We'll get for it after the break. But you're going to want to come back from the break and find out how you can test drive a smile, take it out and and see how you like it before you do your dental work. Now, my name is Sandra Beck. This is Powered Up Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. We want to thank Jackie Silver for Aging Backwards for giving us some input. When we come back from the break, you're not going to want to miss this new smile thing that is out there that's worth hearing about. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? 
will grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown, and after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on DougieNet.com. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Dr. Robert Thorin today. He's a cosmetic dentist based in New York City, and he's uh, responsible for creating some of the world's most beautiful smiles. So we've been talking a little bit about smiling and aging and why smiles are so important. And he said right before the break that there was something called a pre-new preview. And I think that's pretty interesting, Dr. Bob. You want to tell us about it? Sure, I'd love to. Um, Pre-new preview is a a way for patients to test drive their new smile. It gives us an opportunity to try it out in their mouth, in real time, in 3D. It's painless, and it's totally reversible. So here's how it works. We're able to take a, uh, an impression, and we make a mold of what the patient's teeth look like at the present time. We're then able to do a diagnostic, what we call a diagnostic wax-up, which is recreate a three-dimensional model for the patient in terms of how this will look in their mouth when we're all finished. And then we're able to transfer that information to their mouths directly so they can see in their own mouth what the new teeth will look like. It's not really accurate in terms of color, but it gives a great, uh, it gives a better understanding to the patient in terms of what the final result will be. So they can see how long the teeth will be. They'll see how wide the teeth can be. They'll see the relationship of the teeth to the gums. They'll see the relationship of the teeth 
to one another. So it's a confidence builder for the patient, so they have some idea of how things are going to look at the end. If we find after doing the prenew preview that, that there are changes that need to be made, of course we're able to do that. We can change the model. We can change the mock-up. We can show them what the changes will look like after uh, we've made these alterations to the, to the first prenew preview in their own mouth. So the nice part about it is, as I said before, it's painless and it's 100% reversible. And it gives all of us an opportunity to manage our expectations. Dr. Bob, I want to go back to the whitening uh, for a moment because, you know, that's always the concern. Um, I, you know, is there any, you know, how effective is, I think every individual is different. And sometimes when a person has, you know, darkening teeth, it isn't so easy to bring it up to the, to the next level. Um, and so you can use these pens as, uh, that Jackie was talking about with, that you see on television all the time, or you can go to the doctor for the bleaching trays. But I don't know, for some people it's not that effective. Um, what are the choices if your teeth really can't be whitened? If your teeth can't be whitened, then you have to go to something that's actually going to alter the structure of the teeth. And yes, you're correct. There are some 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 uh, some patients where the teeth enamel are just too stained or too gray, and the only way that you can get teeth to change color is by altering the surface enamel. So there are ways now where we can put new what we call veneers, which are new uh, very thin shells of porcelain that actually get bonded or adhere to the surface of the teeth. So we take away anywhere from 0.3 to 0.5 millimeters of tooth enamel, so we're not destroying uh, a majority of the tooth structure, and we're basically able to bond on a veneer that's relatively thin and that can change the color of the tooth externally, not internally. And I just have another question about that. When you do have on these veneers, um, do whitening products work on the veneers, or is it just simply, you know, brushing your teeth because it's 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 not a real, it's not like a real tooth? You're not going to. My understanding and my belief is that you're not going to alter the surface color of porcelain by using any of the bonding agents, uh, by using any of the whitening agents. Right. So, uh, so when you when you choose a color that you want to see in your mouth, you better be you better make sure that it's the right color that it's that it is white enough because once it's in there, um, you're not going to be able to boost it up because it's not your own enamel. Well, that's correct. But you know, we spoke before about every smile being idiosyncratic for each individual, yeah. and I think that color choice uh, again is is very individual. Um, one of the things that I do is we bring our patients to the ceramist and we try and decide on the color together. Some patients mm -hmm. may make uh, alterations to upper teeth only and not lower teeth, so you have to make sure that you have something that blends. And I think you also have to make a determination early on as to whether you want something that's going to be uh, Hollywood appearance or whether you want something that's going to be more natural, meaning do you want something that's white-white or do you want something where people will be able to look at you and kind of scratch their head a little bit and they know something was done, but they can't really determine what it is. So but those smiles do the veneers, tend to be... Do the veneers um, dull as they get older or do they sort of just stay perky? 
Yeah, with the years, you know, they they they, they kind of stay perky for for a long period <laughs> of time. Um, they they don't discolor, um, and and they're extremely durable. Again, that depends. You know, basically, Dr. Bob, yeah. I'm curious, you know, because we've talked a lot about beauty in this show, you know, but you're you're when I look at your website, you talk about health, comfort, and beauty. I don't understand what comfort has to do with it. Are you talking about comfort for the dental process? Are you talking about comfort after the fact? You know, and I get the you know the. I'm talking part, about a chewing machine. That, I'm talking about a chewing machine that works comfortably. You know, I think Linda just asked a really uh, insightful question, and she asked about the durability of veneers. So we talked earlier about what makes a smile look old and aged, and one of the things that we spoke about was the fact that the edges of teeth wear. Well, the edges of teeth wear because the chewing machine isn't working properly. Wearing of edges is not normal, all right? Over a hundred years, maybe you can wear one millimeter of tooth structure, but sometimes patients come in and they've worn two millimeters or three millimeters or four millimeters of tooth structure, and those edges are really ragged, and they got there for a reason. They got there because the chewing machine doesn't work properly. So what I'm referring to is that's a combination of how your, your, your jaw joints work, how your muscles work, and how the teeth react to the interdigitation of top teeth to bottom teeth. So if you have a system that isn't functioning properly where you've worn the edges beforehand, if you just go in and put new veneers on the teeth, you've done nothing to change what I call the comfort of the system. So to me, you're doomed to re the same era again. So now you've just invested a lot of time and money to create a, an attractive, beautiful smile, but you've done nothing to change the underlying conditions that caused the problem with the smile in the first place. Does that make sense? Well, it does to me. I mean, what you're talking about in doctor terms, um, isn't that what usually we call the bite? Correct. Yeah. That's correct. And so you know, and you know, is, if your bite's not you, working beforehand and has caused some of the problems in the first place, doesn't it make sense to correct those problems before you create the new smile? Of course, but so how do you correct the bite before you put on the veneer? Well, you have to figure out how the upper teeth and the lower teeth are coming together. You have to make sure that the muscles are comfortable. You have to be able to make the jaw joints work in a position where the teeth aren't becoming stressed. There are times where, you know, the mouth is a very adaptable mechanism, but there are times where forces that are applied to teeth are dissipated, meaning teeth can wear, teeth can break, teeth can get loose, muscles can become sore, joints can become uncomfortable. So... My feeling when we talk about health, comfort, and beauty is you need to be able to evaluate the health and how the system is working before you start to create the beautiful smile. Yeah. My feeling is why shouldn't patients have everything? Why shouldn't they have not only a smile that's beautiful, but a mouth that's healthy and one that functions the way it's supposed to function? 
Absolutely. I, I agree with that. So sometimes you're going to go in for one thing, but you really, <laughs> you really have to have a complete overhaul of your mouth to get it into shape to, to end up with the beautiful smile. A lot of people don't understand that. Now, Jackie was lucky. She said, what did she say? She did something, I don't remember. What was the process she used in, in two visits? Well, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to a dentist in my life where it was only two visits to get a really uh, good result. Well, unfortunately, there are, I mean, in my own humble opinion, I think there are, there are too many dentists who only concentrate on the beauty part, and I think that patients oftentimes go into offices expecting that everything is going to turn out just fine, and oftentimes if a comprehensive examination isn't done, you're increasing the risk that things are not going to be fine when you're done. I mean, oftentimes we see patients who've already had their smiles reconstructed but now they're sitting in my chair and they're saying, gee, you know, before I did all this, my bite was fine, but now it's not. Or, you know, I didn't realize that I had gum problems. I just went and had the veneers done, and now I got a great smile, but my teeth are loose. So I think that on a, on a very professional level, I think that patients need to understand that there's more than just creating an attractive, beautiful smile. There's... there's uh, a greater understanding that the dentist and the patient should have about how the entire system works before they go ahead and do the cosmetic part of dentistry. doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means that you have to be able to evaluate what's happening in the mouth in a more comprehensive, integrative way. Dr. Bob, I want to thank you for being our guest today and for answering, you know, all these questions about beauty and aging, and I think your philosophy of health, comfort, and beauty is spot on. You know, I look at my own teeth, and, you know, 20 years later after I had all this dental work, my teeth are still straight. They're still pretty. They're still healthy. I don't seem to have any problems with when I go into the dentist, and I think that's all because the, the work was done correctly in the first place, and I applaud you for putting that out there to the community to, to consider not only the, the beautiful smile, but the health and comfort of your smile. I want to thank Linda Franklin for being a wonderful co-host today. We always have so much fun. I also want to thank Jackie Silver from agingbackwards.com uh, for bringing in her insight. And, Dr. Bob, I'm going to leave our listeners with your website, www.nycdmd.com. Go watch his uh, new view preview video that's on there. It's pretty neat. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and 